that everybody in here wants to know God more. And I hope, I genuinely hope that's what everyone wants in here. And I, I, if you want it tonight, it's going to happen. And God will, will begin to just saturate you and begin to bless you more than you could ever ask or think. Not by what we're doing, but because he is good and he's going to bless every single one of you tonight. So let's just thank him as you're seated. Just praise God as you begin to be seated as well. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name, Jesus. We give you glory and we give you honor tonight, God, for everything that you're going to do. Thank you, Jesus. And everyone can be seated in here. I'm going to bring you a brief word tonight, but I think it's very uh, pertinent for this time. I know um, we have a lot of hyphen age people um, in this church, and what that means is 35 years and younger. And the words I'm going to use tonight is tailored towards that, um, but keep in mind this is for every single person. Um, it genuinely is. Just because I use examples for younger people doesn't mean that it's not for the adults as well. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, as Pastor mentioned this morning, we are called to be separate from the things of this world. Um, and that tied in perfectly with this is be separate and come out from among them, saith the Lord. So keep that in mind. That's in 2 Corinthians. So the title of this is Bound or Loose, Sane or Insane. And it might be a little bit goofy, but um, it's going to be good. And it's going to hopefully be something that will stick with you guys tonight. And I thank the young people um, that are under 18 for being here. You guys are awesome. I just want to throw a shout out to you guys. I love you guys. I care for you guys. And I'm glad you guys are here. So thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. So I know during this time of being online and everything like that, we're in a transition period. And I know it was weird, but I think a lot of you have broken through some weird barriers or some uncomfortable barriers um, in your households where maybe you didn't praise God as much as you did here, whatever it may be. I'm not making excuses for anybody, but some of you have broke through some barriers. And I want to keep that going tonight. I want to keep that encouragement and I want to keep that going in your jobs and whatever it may be, because those simple things can begin to grow into more than what you could ever think. So I'm going to turn to Daniel 1 and 3, if we could go there. I'm going to start in Daniel 1 and 3. So I'm going to explain a little bit before, too. So during this time, it was King Ju or the king of Judah, and if I get this wrong, it's fine, but uh, Jehoiakim so, had done evil things and were, uh, was not pleased uh, doing things that were pleasing to God. So in short, God gave Jehoiakim over to the king of Nebuchadnezzar. He, he basically allowed these things to happen because he wasn't pleasing God or wasn't serving him. So in Daniel 1 and 3, and I'm going to go through verse 5. It says, And the king spake unto Alphaz, the master of the eunuchs, that should bring certain of uh, the children of Israel, and the king's seed, and the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but were well-favored and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom uh, they might teach learnings in the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine, which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. And in verse 6, I'm going to go through 6 as well. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azura. And those names may not seem familiar initially, but if I were to say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we'd all know those names. And Harmon and I had a little bit of fun on, after a Wednesday night service just studying those things and the time frame. It was a really good time. Um, but those, maybe those names ring a little bit more of a bell for you guys. And I didn't realize that before studying this, but these names are actually Babylonian names. Usually what happens is that God will change the names of people to bless him or, or whatever it may be. But God had those names initially as Anani or Hananiah, Mishael, and Azria. And again, I might say I'm wrong, but that's kind of whatever. Um, but uh, with those, that was what God had purpose for them. And then once when they got into this place, they began to do many things to conform these people, okay? So these three and Daniel was involved as well, but I'm going to talk specifically more about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But there were Babylonian God names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So kind of something to study out and look into maybe a little bit later. Um, but they were not made to be original. They were uh, their God-given names. Usually in the Bible, I said it, it, it's reverse. So these young men were more than likely in their teens as well. They were younger people um, as well. So after King Nebuchadnezzar claimed these four teens, he immediately began to bombard them with ways of the ba uh, Babylonian lifestyle. Uh, Babylonian lifestyle. The king then placed them in the Babylonian school system to be indoctrinated by Babylonian values and the system. Finally, they were required to eat Babylonian food, 
which was more than likely, um, it's a ritual, it's unclean stuff that they weren't supposed to eat at that time. So they begin to indoctrinate them and really begin to form them and conform them. He also offered idols, therefore, to accept um, for the Hebrews to eat. It's, it's just basically like an idol thing. So just like these, the generations uh, has been given a new label. And I think it's the same for this generation. Um, and, and, and again, that covers, I think, everybody in here. Um, I'm not saying the X, Y, or the, the um, whatever generations, but I'm saying that everybody's went through certain things that are conforming them, and I think every generation can say, oh yeah, that's something that was popular during my time, and it's something that tried to form us during that time, and so much so for our generation here as well, is it, it'll form you if you allow it to. So you've been brought up in a school system that has taught you ideologies, principles, and morals that drastically differ from what the Bible declares. I'm not saying it's all that way, but you absolutely have that in college. I, I know that's how it is. In addition, you have been passively asked to stomach um, atrocities and God-condemned things uh, made palatable by the slow, or the slow and growing of uh, immortality and, and things that are just anti-God that aren't true to what his word says. So are you willing to do what no one else will do? What made Daniel and his friends special was not their abilities, knowledge, or good looks, but it was their consecration to the word and the God that they served. They were willing to do something that others were not, and that stand for his word. They were willing to do something, and again, something that they, others were not willing to do. Daniel was determined that while they may have changed his name, and, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they may have changed their names and tried to form them, and they may have taught him the values and morals of a different world and different things in a different culture. He did not allow his own body to be corrupted by that which they called, and, and they called to, to defile God. We put them, sorry, what well, we put them in a place to find favor with God and was uh, man was that they were consecrated themselves to God even when facing a culture that opposed their values, morals, and faith. And my saying in the youth room is that there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. God has seen it all. He's been there before. If you think your situation is unique, it's a lie to you. Um, and it's usually the devil saying that your, your situation's unique because it's genuinely not. God's seen it before and he can pull you out of it. So you got to keep that in mind. But you've been labeled. There's a growing concern among religious circles that as this younger generation goes, how are they going to lead the church? It, it seems odd that this younger generation is standing up and they come from a different mindset, a different world. Um, the society also says that they are afraid of hard work. They are postmodern. They are disrespectful. They're incapable of adult-like behavior. They're postmodern. Again, you are, your generation has been given a label. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you must determine for yourself if you will let the label determine your identity. You've been educated and fed certain things like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their younger generation has become thrust into education system that does not value God, creation, or Christian marriage, or the absolute truth. This system says whoever you want your divine maker to be, it's your choice. We can all coexist. It's okay. Um, creation, yeah, that's nifty and stuff. It's a, it's a cool story, but all... But we all know that the earth is millions of years old and the evolution, we all came from slugs and there's just interstellar activity and it accidentally happened and there's really no purpose, so why fight over it, right? So I hear you are saying and I affirm your beliefs and they are good for you, but what, it, what is truth for you is not necessarily truth for me. And I know it's still not co co or I'm going to say that word wrong, but that's okay. But I, I think a lot of you have heard that before, is that there's excuses out there after excuses. Have you experienced this deviation from your biblical morals by society? I know I genuinely have, and they try to fight it in any way they can. So where do you stand? Daniel and the three Hebrew young adults could have been happy to be lumped in with the remainder of their generation, accepted their new identities, and fell prey to the demoralization of the education system and stomached, which they knew to be wrong. And I think from time to time, we've all been there. We've stomached things that maybe we shouldn't have, and maybe we should have stood up for certain things. And that's what I'm saying is it's uncomfortable. Some of you had some things that have come up in your family life that are uncomfortable, but then you begin to work through it. Now you see the blessings that are upon your household. You see the, the difference that it's had in your life. So it can be very, very tough. However, they choose to uh, stand for God and stand out of their generation by consecrating themselves to God, like I was saying. Do the actions seem strange or normal to you? So Daniel 3 and 24 through 25, I'm also going to read that. And a lot of you know this part of it, but it's going to touch in very, very specifically to what I'm saying. So in 24, it says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, 
Do not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. In the midst of the fire, they were absolutely bound. They had no control over their constraints at first. In the crowd, they were saying, when they were standing there in the worship and everyone was standing up, but when everyone bowed, they suddenly became a little insane. So Acts 16 and 25 through 26, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping through these, but Acts 16, 25 through 26. 25 says, And at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They were being radical or insane. In verse 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. They were bound, but now they are absolutely loosed. These two events only happened because someone dedicated to be radical. Um, the everyday way of living for God is not good enough. And I think there's some people in here too that you've, you've went through different places or you've done different things that you think were, were good and you've tried everything and you've come to a church like this because you want a difference. You want to have change. And it's going to seem a little radical at first. I know stepping in here, it can seem a little bit different at first, but that's when the chains and the bounds are begin to be loosed. When you're loosed into a fire and those chains are loosed, it's by the trying of God and the trying of that fire that'll generally loose those bounds. And I can say when those people had their faces in the dirt, bowing down unto this king or these idols that should have never been there, they looked over at the Hebrew boys and they're like, those guys are absolutely insane, but they were still dealing with stuff when they were down there. The guys that were choosing to do something different, they went into the fire and they were loosed. And some of you haven't tried that way yet. You haven't tried to go through that and stand out a little bit. And that's something I'd encourage you, just that little bit of uncomfortableness. It's going to happen, but that's when God will loose you from those deep, dark things. And I want you to keep that in mind. You can ask this question, what does, or who does that? Who stays standing when the king clearly stated that if you don't bow, you will die? I wonder how many Christians were kneeling in the dirt, like I said, and look at those three boys, they're crazy. Can they not see the big furnace? I can feel the heat from here. I can feel that, that fire burning. There's nothing wrong with sane people, but sane people will never experience the awesomeness of God because they won't let their self and be put into a situation where God can be God. You have to let them take control because if you don't, you don't step out of your boundaries, you're going to be stuck in your box, in your comfort zone. And, and we as people, we're going to take the credit for it. You know, if something happens, we're going to say, well, th that's because um, it just so happened to be that way. That person just so happened to be there. But you've got to step out and say, well, yeah, they're in a furnace. There's no other way it could be me. There's no other way it could be somebody else. It's absolutely God. When the perfect lamb was slain, the dead in Christ arose. They were loosed from the grave, but there had to be an offering. In other words, the sane carnal person had to die and be transformed to the insane spiritual person. And it's kind of like what Pastor was saying this morning as well. That carnality is not going to want to do the things of God. It's a separate thing. It doesn't want to please God. But when you step into that spiritual atmosphere, that's going to be the thing that will generally change you and help you overcome these things. So what kind of a person leaves everything and follows after a man called Jesus they just meant. Some would call that absolutely insane. Perhaps we have been sane in a sane church for too long. And again, I'm, I'm using these words a little loosely. I'm not criticizing anybody, but I'm saying that we need to keep these things and stepping out. And we want to show ourselves just how insane we can be, just how uncomfortable we can get out. Are you going to stay sane and bound, or is there an insane inside of you just dying to come out and be loose from the normal? And again, people around you, they might have labeled you with certain things that, oh, you're the, the guy that carries his Bible around at work, or you're the guy who's talking to himself even though you're praying, even though you're doing the things of God, they're going to label you for it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they didn't probably want those names. They wanted to please God, and those names were of another source, but they didn't let that defile them. They didn't let that label them. And some of you have been called certain things at work or at school, and I get that, but God's going to be the one that will rise greater, and they're going to be the ones pointing in that fire saying, there's something greater happening. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, thank you, Lord. Yes. And we can do the same today, absolutely. We do not have to be identified with the values of our generation. We can stand in the midst of turmoil and live out our scriptural morals and values in a demoralized society. 
And it is, Brother Mike, I'm, I'm pretty much done here if you want to start heading up here. In a generation where very few are willing to live their lives in a Christ-like manner, will you stand out in this generation? And again, it doesn't matter what generation you are. It doesn't matter where you've come from. Again, you've had those things that have tried to conform you or, 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 or limit who you are. And I want to be that generation that stands out. And again, I know it's uncomfortable. I've said that over and over and over again. But it's something that you've got to let God loosen inside of your households. And we've said it, if we are the church, you know, we've got to live out that thing. And I think that's helped in, in this city so much. And great things are absolutely going to come out of this if you'll be a little bit insane tonight. So I know we're not going to have an altar call necessarily, but let God speak to you through that. So thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Yes. For this group. Well, Amen. Everybody stand right now. Yes. I'm going to have Jesus. him pray for us. Yes. And that we can receive this in Amen. Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you do that, then yes. Brother Mike can come. Amen. Yes, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord Jesus, if something's tried to identify us, Lord, if this world has tried to conform us to its own ways, God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to overcome that, Lord. We all know how it feels to be hurt. We know how it feels to be belittled. We know how it feels to be let down, God. But you are the one true source, God, that will answer that need. You are the one true source source that will reach these people, God. And I pray that you would do that tonight, God, that you'd help them to stand out a little bit, God, even though it hurts, God, even though we know it's trying, even though we know it's draining, it's tiring, God, but I pray that you'd uplift them tonight, God, that there would be an encouragement that would be spoken into every single person, God, from the young generation to the old, God, I pray that you lift them up tonight, Jesus, and let that stand out in them, God. Let them have a boldness as they go in their works, God, to be different, to be change, God, to challenge those that are around them, God, that we can reach this city, that we can reach out to our co-workers, God, those people that have been trying us, God, because they need this salvation just as much. They need this truth just as much as us, God. No matter what they've said to us, God, they want something new. They want something different, God. And I pray over this church, God, that every one of them would receive that word. Every one of them would take hold of that tonight, Lord. And we praise and we give glory unto your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just praise him for who he is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you, Jake. That was awesome. Very awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I just pray that you conform my thoughts to yours, Lord Jesus. Just help me. Just speak your message, Lord God. I lost, I lost my page. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I had a mark. I get a little nervous up here sometimes, but God's gonna God's gonna take care of it. He's so good. Every time. That's what I like about the Lord. Did I get nervous when I come up here? Because I know if I speak a good message, I know who to give good, good, the credit to. And if I speak a bad message, then I'll take the credit myself. But uh, give, give, Lord the give the Lord glory for what he's going to do here tonight. Um, I like to come up here with testimonies every time, as you guys know, um, and be a little bit transparent. Because I remember when I first came in um, to this this style of church, I looked at some, some of you people in here and I was like thinking to myself, I'll never be able to 
have Christianity like that. You know, I'll never be able to live up to them standards. Um, I'm pointing at you, Darren. Yep, you're one of them. <laughs> but I come in here, and there was a bunch of people in here that, that just, you know, you could tell that the Spirit of God was moving through them, and you could just tell their, their lives were right with God. And I, I just thought that I could never match up to that. And so I like to get up here, and I don't know, you know, like... I don't like to give my testimony to make myself like, look like, well, look at me, look what I'm taking care of in my life. But just to, just to be transparent to some of you that might not know me, might think that, man, Mike, wow, his spirituality is just, um, that is not true. And that's why I like to come up here and we all fall short of the glory of God. And that's why I like to come in and proclaim some things where I messed up, but how God is using them mess ups. The grace of God is to help us to grow. And um, I just want to, Lord, balance my thoughts. I just want to start out with um, 2 Corinthians 7.10. And some of you may say, after I, after I give you my testimony, like, ooh, that's all you, that's, that was your sin. Or, and some of you may look at me like, man, you need to get that under control and um, you know, both perspectives can be right because I do whatever I do. You know, like whatever we do, if we know what to do is right and we don't do it, that is sin. We need to take care of our sin. For godly sorrow worketh patience or worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And this is one of the things that has happened in my life that has just been tremendously awesome to have some godly sorrow. And it came with finally um, getting in my prayer room at my house and reading the scriptures and knowing that, I don't know if you guys ever seen the, the old cartoons and stuff where you got, you got the angel right here and then you got the devil right here. And I don't really think of the devil right here but I know that God is right here with me wherever I'm going. And so no matter what I do, it's not about pleasing people anymore. When I first came in this, I remember, and this is kind of what I'm going to speak tonight. I remember kind of being scared to go in a group of you. I didn't want to hang out with you. I did, but I didn't because I thought maybe I'd mess up with my language. You know, what if I slip? You know, I'm just not there yet, you know? And, um, so I just, I didn't really have a godly sorrow, but I was looking at like, what is pastor going to think of me? And that, that lasted for a long time, like trying to please my pastor or trying to please someone else that, um, that I know that is walking right with God. And um, the godly sorrow is what truly changed my life. The prayer room and just knowing that whatever I do wrong, he sees it and I'm, it's him that I'm hurting. You know, like pleasing men doesn't matter how much I try to please men throughout the day, that does not give me even close to the amount of peace is when I lay down in, in my bed at night and I know that everything that I did, I repented of my wrongs, I thought about what I did wrong, and um, that I pleased God. I can lay down and I can sleep at night knowing that I please God. Could I sleep better at night knowing that I please my pastor? No, I'd be worried about pleasing him the next day. Am I going to be able to do this right? But God's not like that. We, he, his grace is sufficient for us to be able to grow in. And so, Lord, I just pray that you minister your grace unto these people and your word, Lord God. And um, Lord Jesus, I just pray that they can accept this, Lord God, that it pierces them, Lord Jesus, that if, that if this is a problem in their life, Lord God, that they will change it, Lord God, and they will, they will, they will tr be transformed by the renewing of their mind, Lord God. In Jesus' name. So I was, a few weeks ago, I was out of work. Oh, you guys can be seated. <laughs> Sister Carnahan says you can be seated. You could have stood the whole time if you want. Um, so a few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was out of work, and uh, some, just, some things happened, and I started to get angry. And I used to have a big problem with anger. I used to actually... Not the anger, but the wrath. And if my wife was here, I wish she was kind of here so I could be like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, just 
be a real immature and pathetic person once I started getting angry. I would do some really immature and stupid stuff. Um, you know, punch things, punch, punch the walls, um, just other things that I'm, I'm not going to sit here and mention all these things, but I had a problem with my anger. And I started, and every once in a while it tries to come up um, in my life. And I had some the other day at work, and under my breath, I said some cuss words. And granted, none of you would have known that I ever said, any, said these cuss words. No one around me heard it. And I was all by myself. But I'll tell you what godly sorrow did for me. Was God seen it? God heard what I said. But there's an awesome part about this. Was right, right away. And I'm not trying to say that we, to feel like a dirt bag if this is. But I'm saying I, I felt dirty. You know, them cuss words came out. And I felt dirty right away. And I was still angry. I said a few more. And then just right there, you know, it was like already just a. Just a few cuss words brought me to, not, not my knees, but it just brought me to sit down and stop and repentance to God. Because, not because I'm anything special or my walk with God is anything, not trying to lift myself up, but you know, like this is a huge change and this is a wall. Pastor, sorry, I'm kind of scattered right now, but instead of getting angry and doing some of the immature things that I used to do, that godly sorrow about the cuss words, it's a wall in my life. It's just like when Jesus said, you know, if, if you're struggling, he didn't say it this way, but if you're struggling with immorality, sexual immorality, don't even look. Don't look at the woman. You know, like, if you're struggling with that and you see something over here, don't look at it. Because that's going to bring, we're supposed to take every thought captive. And that's, that's kind of where, you know, my life has brought me, is to start taking my mouth captive, which will help take my thoughts captive. But I got, I had Godly sorrow out there, and I repented, and God was telling me, I was feeling like a dirt bag, and I was telling God I was sorry, and I know that he's, he forgives us, and, and, uh, that, that right then, you know, I'm, I'm walking in newness of life after my repentance, you know. God told me, that's what he told me. He said, man, just think of, you know, what your repentance after that just saved you from, you know, from what you used to be. And I was so thankful, you know, that he kept me from so much more crud, you know, like... <laughs> All the idiotic things that I would have done after that, it calmed my anger. I wasn't angry anymore. I was sorry to God. And he calmed me down and he made me just think about how he saved me from some of, some of them things. Now, just want to go about in the Bible, in the Word. You know, because there is a lot of, just like what Jake was talking about, you know, well, there's a lot of other Christianity out there that doesn't really think that, our mouths need to be tamed. But I'm going to go through some scripture tonight that talks about it. Um, let's just start off with Ephesians 4.29. And this isn't necessarily talking about a cuss word. But it's just talking about our mouth in general. And that's, that's kind of where, where I'm kind of going tonight with this is I put a wall in my life with my mouth. And this is a huge, not only cussing, but like speaking, I used to speak a lot of depression. I used to speak of a lot of, man, this is not good enough. This stinks. This is horrible. I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be speaking negativity. And where, how do you think my day was ending up when I was doing that kind of thing? Um, and we'll get to them scriptures here in a little bit. But let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is the good, the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, just a, and then I'm going to go to this one too. I'm going to go to Matthew 12, 35, 37. And this is the way I used to be too before, you know, I, I started taking control of my tongue. Before I started um, trying to 
stop cussing and stuff. I didn't know how. Man, I used, before I came to God, it was, man, I couldn't even say a sentence without it sometimes. It was horrible. Um, and so when I came to God, then I started having to learn new language. And uh, I, I kind of felt weird. It was like, I kind of felt goofy. But I remember that. These guys that I, I was hanging out with, and I said, uh, golly gee or something. I said, and they were like, they nicknamed me, I'm not to be carnal, but they nicknamed me Flanders. Best nickname I ever had. I don't know, some of you might get that or whatever, but I loved it. Um, but this, um, Matthew 12, let a, a good man out of the treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man, the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that man shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, for the words that thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And I looked up the word idle here, and this talks about useless, lazy, and negative. And this is just reminds me of exactly why I was throwing cuss words into my sentences. Just lazy, like I wasn't even thinking about any intelligent speaking whatsoever, and it was just coming out like just filler words. Useless, lazy, and negative, you know? And I just thought, man, that's awesome. After I looked that up, that's, that's what it was. And I had to start thinking about what I was saying. And I'm so thankful for that. Not that I, I still struggle with words and stuff, and I still am scattered a little bit, but at least I'm thinking about it, and it, they're not useless. I, I'm thinking about before I talk. And so there's a bunch of other ones, and I'll just kind of read these through. I don't want to be too long here tonight, but Proverbs 15.4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever you're speaking, that's, you can either speak life into your day, or you can speak death into your day you can that's what a new thing that i've started doing and this is beyond cussing the the mouth and the language this whole study can be all kinds of different things it's about not cussing and it's about not backbiting it's about um not speaking depression into your life it's about speaking some positive into your life not idle words but positive words encouraging words that edify one another one that's going to edify your brothers and sisters um, now, I could have just got up here and I could have read James chapter 3 to y'all and then be done with it. So if that's, that, that's, that's one after this message tonight that I would suggest that go home and read it and uh, study it. But I'm going to just read a part of James chapter 3. And I'm going to go to 5 and 6. 3, 5, and 6. Even so the tongue, a little member, boasteth great things. Behold, how great a little manner, little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it may defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and has set on fire of hell. Now, this scripture right here it's like it's like kindling wood you start talking you start speaking these things you could either not light that fire or you could let it get out of control and that's kind of where I was at the other day like if I would have just kept cussing and I had no godly sorrow about my language and that hasn't taken you know like hasn't been a part of my life where that even affects me if I just went along cussing which, that's why I'm trying to show you. It's in the Bible. I've seen it. I knew I needed to change it. But it would have just went into some serious... Well, anger is not a sin, but wrath is. You know, and since I took care of that, the wrath didn't come. A little bit of anger, a little bit of repentance towards the tongue. And I also want to go to... 
in that one since I'm already here. To the, and this is in 11. Out of the, or in 10. Out of the same mouth proceeding blessings and cursings. cursings. My brother, these things ought not to be so. Do they fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? And this one was like huge to me because, um, you know, I talk to a lot of other people out there from other churches and stuff, and I'm not down in other churches, but when you're sitting there and you're talking to me about God and you're telling me how awesome God is and all these things that he's doing in your life, and then you top it off with an F-bomb, You, you lost me. You lost me. That's sweet water when you're talking about Jesus. That's bitter water when we start putting in the cuss words. and the. So just be careful. If you are going to do it, be careful. What you're making, Christianity is Christ-like, and I can't even imagine that he was out there speaking nasty words to anyone. Actually, I know he wasn't. The Bible says it's a sin. But if we're going to be talking about Jesus and we're going to be proclaiming how awesome he is, then let's not add the bitterness as well to it. Now, um, sorry. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So that's what's awesome about this. I'm meant to you. I messed up a couple weeks ago. You know, and I hope I never say another cuss word again. That's, that's my goal. I don't want to do that thing. I messed up. And some of you may be thinking, man, two weeks. Or some of you may be thinking, what? I can't believe you did that. But my goal is to not do it at all but the grace of God is what's helped me to get there that's what's awesome about God when we mess up we did, we we broke the law but the grace comes in and it and it helps us like get back up get back up this is why I've God told me that one day like get back up Mike look at how awesome look, look at look at where you've came from this look at how you're growing the message coming forth from this is what's awesome And um, in 1 Corinthians 15.33, now, we'll go back, we'll go there. The Bible says in, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, I think it's 2, or 1 Corinthians 10.5, says, talks about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And how do we take these thoughts captive? Partly the way I've done it, the way I've taught, taken some of my thoughts captive is by my speech. Um, and then it goes along with, you can go to 1 Corinthians 15.33 right now too, but who are you hanging out with? What are you watching on TV? What are you putting into your ears? You can almost expect that you're going to start talking like that and thinking like that. You know, if you want to take your thoughts captive, then start off with your mouth, your eyes, your ears. You know, and for me to get my mouth right... There's a lot of things that I stopped watching on TV. There's a lot of, uh, you know, granted, I'm not judging people. I, I hang out with people that, that curse and, and talk like that a lot. And I don't, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time in it. But I'm not going to judge them for it. But I don't watch TV shows and things like that. I used to struggle with uh, drugs. Everybody knows that about me. And man, when I was watching TV... <laughs> Back when I was using, like one of my favorite things was these Pablo Escobar movies or, or like these, you know, just drug runner stuff and all that. Do you think I should be watching that stuff now that I came to Christ, that I put away the old man and put on the new man renewed in knowledge? Do I watch them things anymore? No, because I know where it's going to take my mind. And so we got to take every thought captive by what we're speaking and I just, I, I kind of spoke the, oh, we got it right here. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. And another one, we, we read this last night, Morgan was with me. We read this in a different one. Bad company ruins 
good morals. That's, I think, the NIV version of it. But I mean, who are you hanging out with? How are you speaking? Talks about communication right there. It talks about the company that you're in. But Colossians 3.9, I'll just finish with this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put away the old man in his deeds, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So I just pray for the grace of God to flow into everybody's life. I don't know if, if, if you guys struggle. I don't know if there's someone in here that struggles with this or if there's someone out there on the video that struggles with these things, but it can go in any way. This is a wall that I've put up in my life. Just like, um, so now I put this wall in my life so I don't have wrath. I put these other walls in my life so I don't have immorality. Whatever wall you need to put in your life, it may be a small one. God wants to put us on a firm foundation, a rock. He wants to build us upon, upon a rock so that when the wind bloweth, when you get angry, when something happens and the rain comes down, and everything starts to blow your house down and you're about to lose control or whatever, then you can stop and repent about a, I say a little tiny cuss word compared to what it could have been. But I just thank God for his grace. I thank God for the walls that he puts in our lives. And I pray, Lord Jesus, right now, Lord God, that you will help these, that everyone out there, Lord God, to have more walls in their life, Lord Jesus. That you will help them, Lord God, to be transformed, to be renewed in their mind, Lord God. Yes, Lord Jesus, for whatever they know that is, that is right, whatever they know that is wrong, Lord God, that you will help them to work on the right, Lord God, and that you will help them to, Lord Jesus, just grow in your grace, Lord God. Help us to grow in your grace, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for everything that you've done. I thank you for what you're doing with all these people in here, Lord God. I thank you for your love. And most of all, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your grace, Lord God. Without it, Lord Jesus, I have nothing, Lord God. There is nothing without your grace. Lord Jesus, I just release that in your name, by your blood, by your spirit, Lord God, by your word and your authority, Lord God. I just loose that spirit of grace in this place, Lord God, so that we can all just grow and be better, Lord God, be more like like you, Lord God, to walk with you closer, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Mike, why don't you stay up here? For, I'm going to have you be seated for just a second, if you don't mind. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to stay six feet away from you, okay? Just kidding. <laughs> trying to do that is really kind of mission impossible, isn't it? But listen, um, no, just hang around here, okay? Just for a little bit, because this was great. I, and, and Jake, where are you at? You, that was good. That's really good. I mean, that's really powerful. We need to strive for these things. Let me show you how it works, okay? You ready for how it works? I'm going to show you how it works, okay? This is how it works. And that's why what these two guys did tonight was so valuable. Jesus told the story, and I like it when Jesus told the story because it really cuts right to the quick, doesn't it? Listen to this. Um, uh, Luke chapter 18 and verse 10. I love transparency. I love honesty. I think I have married to one of the most honest people in the world. I'm serious. She's honest to a fault. And she causes me to be really, really honest in a lot of ways. And I appreciate her. She's kind of, God uses her in my life. And I, and I appreciate that. Because we could all become actors. We could all become people who hide things. And, and really, folks, there's, there's very little value in that. Now, I understand there's times when you just need to keep your mouth shut. I understand it. But there are other times, man, when you just need to let it come out and just say, listen, this is what I am. This is one of those times. Watch this. Um, Luke 18 and 10, it says, Two men came, went up into the temple to pray, 
which was a good thing. It says the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. And if you don't know about those kind of things, that's kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. You know? And the Bible says the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. It says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. The Bible says, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, at first glance, you think, whoa, man, I, I picked the Pharisee. No, let's listen to who Jesus picked. The Bible says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I can't remember exactly where it's at, but there's a scripture that says that we need to allow the Lord to exalt us. That he will in due time. And I feel like that this kind of goes hand in hand because if we can learn to be transparent, honest, whatever the case is, and we can just admit to the fact that, God, I'm a sinner, saved by your grace. Now, that's not God denigrating us. That's not God saying you're the worst of the worst and all that kind of business. That's simply the truth. That's how it works. And that's why you're going to get a whole lot further with God when you have this similar approach. And that's why I appreciate what that was said here tonight. That's what, you, that's what was here. It was just an honest approach saying, listen, I'm just a guy trying to live for God. I'm just trying to make changes in my life. I'm not trying to, you know, win any Academy Awards. I'm just trying to, you know, be pleasing to the Lord. And that's what we got here tonight. Amen. And so if you don't mind, I'm going to bring Brother Jake back up if you don't mind, and you're going to stand six feet away from him, okay? We're going to do this as legal as we can. And, um, and, and, um, and Brother Mike, I'm going to have you come back up here, and you stand on this side. And I'm going to have you guys face the congregation. And what I want you to do is extend your hands towards them right now. And you pray for us, praise God. You pray for us right now that God would help us in the name of Jesus. That God would give us the grace to receive with meekness this engrafted word that's designed to save our souls. Oh, that's it. Come on. Loose it in Jesus' name. That's right. Take that authority. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Right now, Lord God. Humble. Help us to be humble in the mighty hands of the Lord in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord God, to repent. Help us to be quick to have loud, godly sorrow to come into our lives and to do the work that it's supposed to do in Jesus' name. Oh, in the name of Jesus. That's it, Lord God. Let your blood cover us right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, for forgiveness. Thank you, Lord God, for just helping us to see the way it really is in Jesus' name. Strengthen our brothers now. Strengthen our sisters. Let this place, Lord God, just develop into a, a, a spiritual hospital where we can get well, where we can get back up. Oh, yes, we can do the things that you want us to do in the name of Jesus. Oh, robakahashe tayadamonia. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's take it a little step further. I believe the Lord is opening up a door for us right now. Come on, let's walk through that door of forgiveness. Let's walk through that door of restoration right now. Come on, our God's a merciful God. He's a loving God. He'll confront us. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord God. I appreciate it. I appreciate the word that went forth, Lord God, and, have, and how it, it literally, Lord Jesus, it literally is going to have its way in Jesus' name. Praise God in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, any of you, all of you can receive this. Oh, in the name of Jesus. What a
God. Praise God. Thank you, too. I appreciate it in Jesus' name. Acacia, you're going to need to come up here in just a few minutes. We'll finish with a couple of those songs that you have. We declare His glory in this place. Let's do that in Jesus' name in just a few minutes. But you can be seated. Sister Carnahan, did you download that picture by any chance? Did you? She's going to show you. I've got the picture here. And I made mention of it this morning. Um, yeah, maybe you can testify here for just a second. Doesn't it look a mess? How would you like to have been in that van? It ended up on its top in the middle of the, of the interstate at 3 o'clock in the morning. I made reference to this. Sister Carnahan and I have been going down memory lane here for the last probably month. She's got a whole bunch of pictures she's been taking and trying to get them put on the computer and stuff like that. Yesterday, we, um, um, we come across this picture here, and this is a picture of a van. And uh, she can get it up there. Yeah, there you can see it on the screen. And believe me, folks, I, I took that picture. I did. I took that in a junkyard in... Um, where was that in, in Illinois? Galesburg, Illinois. And believe me, <laughs> uh, I went away with tears coming down. My, that, my daughter was in that van. My daughter was in that van coming home from Peoria, Illinois. And about, oh, I guess it must, they don't really know exactly. She doesn't remember exactly what time it was. But about somewhere between 2.30 and 3 o'clock, she fell asleep. And I don't know how many times the van rolled. Every window in that van was busted out. Every seat in that van was busted off of its hinges. I don't know how many times she rolled it. Ended up on the top in the middle, this was in, in, in March, and it's still cold in, in Illinois in March, you know. And she ended up on the top, on, with, the, with the top of the van on, in the middle of the, of the interstate. And God knows, well I know, the Lord helped her to get out of that van. And she literally, and she doesn't remember any of this. She does not remember this. She ended, she just, I guess it was instinct. She just started walking down the interstate. And I don't know how far. She must have been about 10 miles, maybe 12 miles from Galesburg. And somebody came along and picked her up. And all, all I'm getting this from the nurses at the, at the hospital. They arrived at the hospital. A man came in and said, listen, I got somebody who's hurt pretty bad. They came out with a gurney, and they put her on the gurney, and they, put her, they took her into the hospital. And the man was still there. They said it was a man. They, didn't, they can't remember exactly what he looked like, you know. But they, they, the, one of the nurses literally said that they, they were going to turn around and, and maybe get some information from the man, and the man disappeared. Now, again, I don't know if that was an angel or if that was a man. But all I can tell you is we have a God that protects us. And you tonight, come on, we have a God that protects us in Jesus' name. Praise God. And I just, I'm, I'm saying all of this to help you to understand. I know we're hearing a lot of negative reports out there, and there's a lot of things that are happening that, that, that do have a negative connotation. But I want you to understand we are blessed people. You tonight and I have been given the privilege to ask God to forgive us of our sins. To quit hiding the fact that we, are, we think we're perfect people or we're never going to do anything wrong and that type of thing. Listen, we're striving to do this like the good brother said tonight. He doesn't want to do that anymore. But isn't it good to know that when you slip up, when you find yourself on that slippery slope, there's, a, there's almighty God that comes to your rescue in the name of Jesus. And I want somebody to, to understand that tonight. That that's the God that you serve. You serve a merciful God who loves you, cares for you, and will continue to take care of you in the name of Jesus. What do you say we, we worship the Lord for just a few more minutes before we leave this place tonight? Come on, let's give God some praise, some glory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. He's a wonderful God. Take your liberty tonight. You can let the joy of the Lord become your strength. In the name of Jesus, I'm telling you, it can become more than just your strength. It can become something that will help you to get a foothold on that absolute, on that um, a slippery slope. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. About ready, Harmon? Come on, you're getting there. We got one of the smartest people in the world with us, with Harmon. He went to Bible school for a whole year. He's going back. And I'll tell you something. He's got information coming out of his ears. Look at him. I'm telling you, this guy, he knows a lot in Jesus' name. And we've been blessed to have him at our church. Praise God. And he's come here. He's come here to play the bass. 
praise God and be with us this summer and we thank God for that in Jesus name praise God let's sing it in Jesus name well we declare your glory in this place
the Lord. Amen. And so you can bless that wonderful name in Jesus' name. Yeah, go ahead. Well, thank you. Praise God. We didn't know when we would see them again, but we appreciate them in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're glad that you're safe. Praise God. What's that now? Oh, you just came to get the furniture. Okay. Yeah. Well, you could have left that to us. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But um, no, that's okay. We're glad that you're safe in Jesus' name. Praise God. Listen, folks, we thank you for making the effort to come out to services. We know that there's some aspects of service that's a little bit awkward and that type of thing. We're doing our best to try to make it as smooth as possible. And so bear with us. We're learning every week. What we do need you to do, and please, we're not trying to be unhospitable, but after every service, we have to literally go through here and disinfect all of the church building. And we can't do that until you guys leave. And so if you want to fellowship, talk to one another, I'm not telling you not to do that, but we would really appreciate it if you just, you know, if you go outside. And beings, it's summertime and the weather's nice, you can do that. So if you would do that, be accommodating to us, it would help us to get the place ready for the next time that we have service. Again, if there's anything we can do to help you in the meantime, get a hold of us. Appreciate all of you that have been on, not on Facebook. What's that other thing we do? Marco Polo, appreciate all of the, all the comments and all of the upbuilding and all of that kind of stuff. Thank you for all that you're doing. God's going to take us through this, isn't he? Yes. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you.